The growth of social media gives off the perception that the world's smaller and more connected than ever. But conversely, this doesn't necessarily make the world easier to understand. In our Macon session titled The Need for Criticism, we focus on the concept of critique in a social media-dominated creative landscape. This session was our most globally expansive to date, making organization planning a bit of a chore. The panel dialed in from Australia, Taiwan, Canada, and the US. It featured photographer and gallery owners Young and Jovell from Anchorage, Alaska, freelance photographer Sean Mark Lee based in Taiwan, photographer and creative director James Bailey based in Los Angeles, and photographer Donnell Garcia based in Vancouver, Canada. The speakers often spoke about critique and how that has changed in relation to a social media-led environment. How does critique affect the creative landscape of today? And how can we grow more accustomed to the ways in which we receive critique? Over the course of the session, we unveiled some interesting ideas. They're by no means everything to consider, but are worthwhile to think about as you aim to analyze and assess your own work. As a small note, in retrospect, we should have cast a broader net to have greater diversity in our voices. The idea for this making session emerged from a few friends talking in a private chat group. We're definitely aiming to do better next time. And thanks to Cece for holding us accountable. First off, for all the attendees, thanks for uh, attending. And I don't know where you guys are in the world, but this is this was a bit of a feat to get going because we have people from all around the world, like Australia, North America, Asia. So this is probably our most globally, how to put it, globally expansive one yet. And if this is your first time in a making session or your first time kind of interacting with making, we're a multifaceted media and lifestyle platform that focuses a lot on storytelling, podcasts, uh, weekly newsletters, and a Slack community. And for us, our goal is really how can you bring a sense of understanding and global connectivity around creative culture? And I think, as you guys know, the world now is increasingly smaller thanks to the internet, but also it's not necessarily easier to understand. So our interest is like, how do you make sense of it all? Um, you can visit us on making.com or follow us on Making via social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram. And if this is your first time using Zoom, there's a Q&A function that's really cool where you guys want to ask questions uh, for any of the panelists. They can also be anonymous if you don't feel comfortable uh, using your name. It's totally cool. I will try to address as many as we can. So for this particular making session, just like all the other ones, we usually pick a theme or a topic that we want to really drill down into and bring together people that we feel can provide a point of view and or have contrasting opinions around this topic. And so for this, this current sort of crop of people you see, we all connected via a WhatsApp group around film photography. <laughs> and it was kind of interesting because like the intention was really small and suddenly you kind of realize, oh, everyone knows somebody who shoots film and you just wanted a community of people to, to connect to. And I think a lot of times we were talking about the idea of critique and criticism and what it means today in 2018 and or, I guess, broadly speaking, maybe in a more social media driven environment. Um, so having said that, I'm, I'm really happy to introduce Sean Mark Lee, Jovel Rennie, James Bailey, a.k.a. Yimmy Yeo, Young Kim and Donnell Barrasso. Barroso, sorry, I think I got your last name wrong there. And the subject and basically we're going to talk about the subject of critique, criticism and how that affects the creative landscape. So maybe we can start by having... 
a little bit of intro, maybe starting off with the guys in Alaska with Javel and Young. Javel disappeared. Did he? <laughs> we'll start with you then, Young. Uh, yeah, so my name's Young. Uh, mostly a working political analyst here in Alaska. Mostly dealing with, uh, I guess, you know, uh, uh, maybe like immigrant culture and things like that. But, you know, most part is just uh, making images that kind of tell those stories that are mostly going on on the heard. Yeah. And do you want to introduce yourself, Javel? Yeah. Um, my name is Javel. Uh, mostly, uh, I guess these days, wedding and lifestyle photographer. Um, a few buddies of mine, we open up a boutique gallery up here in Anchorage, Alaska. So we've got a gallery in the front where we help promote other artists and give them an opportunity. And then in the back, we have our studio where we make work and do the fun stuff. Awesome. Uh, on to you, Sean. Uh, hi, guys. Sean. I'm based in Taipei, Taiwan, photographer out here, shoot, lifestyle, brand, fashion, whatever, you name it. Yeah. Uh, James? Um, what's up, everybody? Uh, my name is James. I'm from Sydney, Australia. I'm actually a designer by trait, but came up learning photography by having to pay the rent and assisting. Um kind of goes hand in hand with the design career, shot for a long time, um, sort of flow in and out between creative direction and photography, um, if and when it sort of suits, I suppose. Yeah. And then last but not least, Donnell. Um, Donnell from uh, Vancouver, BC, Canada. I work as an in-house uh, photographer for a fashion apparel sneaker boutique out here. So, and then I do some freelancing on the side, just, whatever, like anything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so I guess to start things off and maybe just provide a lay of the land, why do you guys think critique is important? Is there anyone, anyone wants to take on that first question, kind of an establishing question? I feel like Sean's the guy. Uh, Me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think critique is important because it's, what you need to hear other voices that aren't just yourself because you need different viewpoints to know if what you're doing is affecting people or your audience or just if what you're doing is just challenging in any way not just easy to digest if that's a good way to start <laughs> for sure um i mean i agree I'll, I'll follow on from that one i think it's a really large part of the creative process is is understanding dialogue um understanding your reasons for creating work, um, you know, what you're trying to say and how you're trying to say it. Um, a, a big part of that is also understanding how to accept dialogue um, in a form of, you know, communication. So, you know, being able to express what you do in a clear and concise manner um, should help you be able to understand other people's uh, perspectives. And mm-hmm. so it sort of, you know, adds to the input just as much as, as the output. I think to, to build off of what James said, um, I, I think that to make work, you need some intent behind the, behind the work. Like you need to have a purpose for doing it and you need to effectively communicate that. And critique to me is a good way to make sure that it, it's like people to make sure that what I'm intending for them to, to receive uh, is being understood. And if not, it's leading to that dialogue to make it better understood. So it's only going to strengthen the work and improve the conversation. <coughs> And I also kind of 
see it as a good form of collaboration between different people mm-hmm. and um, just like critiquing and uh, just like Sean said, just like being able to challenge like each other. So that's my little yeah. point. And do you guys think that where you guys are now in your career versus when you were younger, there was a different opinion on what critique meant to you? Like, did you feel as though you were a little bit more adverse to critique when you were younger? Oh, definitely. I was, I was a cocky little shit. I'm, I mean, I'm still for the most part. I think we all are still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think I'm <laughs> uh, Now when, uh, and it's, it's weird saying that, but like, no, you, you couldn't tell me nothing when I first picked up a camera, when I, or what, anything besides, like even outside of photography, um, you couldn't tell me like, don't touch that stove. It's going to burn your hand. I'm still touching that stove. You know? Um, but now that I'm a little bit older and I've been burnt a, a few times, like I'm starting to realize that it's just naive to, to not listen. You know, if I'm going to put something out there uh, and especially in the digital world, if I'm going to put my work out there on a platform that's open to the public, uh, where there is a comment section where people can say something, um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with taking two seconds to listen to what they have to say. Cause if they're interested enough in my work to where they want to give me their two cents, then I should be open-minded enough to listen. There's nothing that says I have to implement what they're suggesting, but to close myself off to where I don't even hear it, that, that's just not me anymore. Yeah. Does anyone have anything to add to that? I actually want to come back to that point. I have some some questions or some, I want to clarify some things. Um, I, think, I think a good point around that is, um, I think it depends on your, um, uh, the, the, the path you took into photography or creative the creative field. I think a lot of people that have been through academic the academic world um, were sort of taught early on through, you know, weekly critiques of their work in a, in a yes. community environment, you know, to understand people's pers- perspective, exactly like Javel said, whether you take it or not um, to put the work into an arena to understand that this is a creative process is the, the reflection and the, and the, and the communication around it. Um, and I think if, if, if you have come up through an academic background, uh, I think you're just a little bit more attuned to that. Um, whereas, uh, you know, as Javel said, I think if you're sort of a bit more, um, you know, DIY sort of learn on the go, um, it's something that's not really, um, taught, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So actually my question to you, Javel, was you mentioned you got burnt a few times. How important do you think is getting burnt in terms of your development as a, as a creative or an artist? And this is kind of across the board for all you guys. I think... I think it's important. And I think that, I mean, we always, after, after getting burnt, you always want to try and stop your friend or somebody who you care about, who you see coming up, you want to try and stop them from getting burnt. But time has proven that people a lot of times aren't going to listen and that the only way for them to truly learn is to get burnt. Um, I think it's just the foolishness of youth a lot of times. Uh, so looking back, um, I don't regret it. You know, those, those moments, they, they taught me a lesson. And I don't know if that lesson would have hit home if I had just, uh, if I didn't go through the hard way, you know? And I guess to that point, it's like going through that, that struggle or that, that hardship, what is the balance between the, the gravity, the gravity of the situation and your ability to overcome that? Do you think that if the, the, the bigger, the fall, but the, the ability to come back from that actually is what's critical towards building greater work or greater body of work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll jump in. I, I, um, I think that you don't want to crash too hard because 
um, in a field like photography where it's usually self-driven a lot of the time, it can actually kill um, the interest completely. Um, so it is a tough one. Um, I think it, it, if it's something you're so passionate about, it does take a really big hit. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, like, like we're saying, it just depends on how you, t- how you ingest it, how you take it, you know, move on essentially learn from it. If I, if I can ask you guys, how many of you are trained are like, um, formally trained as, as photographers or designers and went to school for it? Design school. That's cool. So uh, I, I guess that the thing I was curious to, to hear is that, you know, you mentioned a really good point in that there, the schooling process actually maybe reinforces the need for critique, but nowadays, obviously anyone can theoretically be a photographer because of, of an access to the tools. And do you think that this lack of criticism is because that framework was never ingrained in all these photographers coming up? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have, yeah. Maybe you want to start with that, Sean. Like you're, you're kind of. Um, I think because we're in a social media world and we're such driven by likes and you know positive vibes and reinforcements, <laughs> the second you even open your mouth and say you don't like something, you're labeled as a hater. Where if you went to school, like I studied filmmaking in school, so we had to make short films, movies all the time, and I would, I would say ninety percent of it was our professor, excuse my language, saying like this is shit, like this is pure shit. So you kind of get used to that and you're like, well, how can I make it better? And I feel like a lot of people aren't going through that now. Like, you know, you're told you don't like something or for instance, like that Insta repeat Instagram, you know, people are like, why are you guys hating so much? I'm just doing my thing. It's like, it's not about just doing your thing. Sometimes you're just, you're trying to figure out how to make your thing better or do something that's more unique to you. And that's hard to come across these days. If, if you don't grow up, if you don't have that background of like critique, and like accepting that that was a little bit of a tangent there <laughs> yeah i think um uh personally i don't think like social media or public platforms are that great of channels or yeah platforms to receive critique really because sure, like sure. yeah just in just in my opinion as sean said like as soon as you say something opposite of what everybody else is saying like you're labeled as a hater and 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 also, it's also just ingrained, like, how long has Instagram been around? Like, five, six years? If you're having, like, five, six years of, like, 25, 10, 20 comments, like, oh, sick photo, sick photo, sick Dope photo. Dope. Yeah, like, that's not really... Yeah, it's, like, also doesn't train you at all to really be challenging yourself at all. So when someone challenges you, it's, like, kind of, like, kind of take it a little bit personal, so... I try to leave like all and and honestly, like not a lot of people are like asking for critique on social media either. Yeah. yeah. So it's not like people are like, oh, DM me your critiques, you know, like so it's like so nobody's really looking for it either on social media. So yeah. Like, in my personal yeah, it's a, it, it's like kind of leave tough, all that off. Yeah. It's a tough it's a tough platform to really expect yeah. critique from. It's not yeah. you know, Instagram and all these social networks are self serving. Um it's not a you know a community of creatives that the purpose for being there is to have a creative dialogue um the purpose of instagram is self-serving so yeah it's tough to expect from there it would be nice if that was more prevalent but it's like you know expecting it to be you know warm in new york in december you know it's it's, it's, it would be cool but it's 
not going to happen, you know? So my question to you is this is like, let's say you post one photo and then the next day and you get, let's say hundred likes and the next photo you post gets 150 likes. How is that not a form of critique and validation? Because, oh, sorry, you go, Chavelle. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I personally, I think there's too many factors. Like as someone who lived the influencer life for a while and like got sucked into the rabbit hole, um, it's really up in the air. So you can't, you can't really be sure if that photo did better because the time of day you posted it or if uh, some batch algorithm pushed it further or something like that. Um, I think there's too many factors to really let you know to really give it a certainty that like, oh, this is doing better because it is better. I mean, I, I could post something that I'm like super soaked on that maybe you guys like in the middle of the night. And it's clearly not going to do better if I post it at two in the morning, if I post it at like six in the afternoon. I think there's just too many different variables that come into play. Yeah. Um, and, and on the same note, it's, you know, your follow account and the whole construct of Instagram, it's, it's already opt-in. You know, the people that follow you are already kind of, it's like, that's everybody's kind of on board already. So it's like, what do those, what does that engagement even mean? It's like, you know, there was this discussion about, um, in America, these Democrats think they're winning, but they only watch democratic news. They only listen to democratic people, the polls are uh, the, the people that they're talking to. So it's like the same with us. It's like, if you, yeah, exactly. You're living in a, in a, in a bubble. And if you look like, if I ask my mom, you know, am I good at my job? She's going to say yes. That's, <laughs> that's a universal constant. You don't have an Asian mom. <laughs> no, right, right, right. I don't. No. But it's, it's, it's looking for praise and it's looking for critique from people who have already like, you know, passed, passed the line essentially. So one of, another question. To, I, to add on to what James yeah, said sorry. too, like I've gone up. Oh, oh sorry. I lost no, no, what, what? Uh, to add on to what James said, I, I've done it. I've seen plenty of people do it. Um, imagine like if, if you build up an audience uh, for one thing on Instagram, but then you as a person want to post something else, want to share something else, that audience that you've built and curated to that one type of thing, they're going to slam you for posting something else. That doesn't mean that the work isn't good. It just means that it's not. I mean, if, if I tell people that I'm going to give them pepperoni and I give them pepperoni every day for, for five years, and then all of a sudden I give them cheese, they're going to be pissed, you know? Because um, they're all free analogy. They're yeah, it doesn't brand. mean that people are bad. It just means that they're not, it's not what they, they came for. Like like James said, they're opted into a certain thing already. Yeah. 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 And uh, what my next question is, is obviously as, as someone who creates, there's an emotional attachment or feeling behind whatever you, you put together. So how do you disconnect the emotional side of like someone making a comment, a critique on your work, knowing that, Hey, you know what? This is not a personal attack on myself. Or does it, does it never really have that sort of luxury of being truly disconnected? Cause it, the I, I think it's always be somewhat emotional. Well, I think, I think, yes. Uh, uh, innately, and I'll jump in. Sorry guys. Um, I think innately creative work is emotional. Uh, a creative process is an emotional process, so it is tough to hear negative comments. But it also depends on the kind of work. If you're a, if you're an artist um, and your work is uh, personal, narrative driven, uh, from a really uh, deep emotional state, that's one thing. But if you're um, client facing, delivering a product, 
Um, it's a whole other world. So it, it really depends on understanding the purpose of the work you're doing. Um, and also, you know, what, what that critique is actually trying to do. Did any of you guys want to add anything to that? So I think, you know, just to add on what you just said, um, I, mean, I think it's important when you're involved in a critique, you can know where everything's coming from and just, you know, to touch on what we talked about last, you know, Instagram, I think, or, you know, just any social media, there needs to be room for a critique, you know, whether it's good or bad. But I think it's you know, it's pretty one-sided, and I think for I think for a critique to be really effective, um, need to uh, it needs to be involved with people that I think that maybe you respect their opinion as well, um, so that you can be, you know so that anything that they're saying you really take it to heart. Yeah. So maybe that that was actually kind of a, a segue into my next question: is how do you guys identify legitimate critique? And this is a uh, what you call it. This is uh, a question that was asked by by one of the attendees, and I think it's a pseudo name because it's Homer Simpson asking this question. But <laughs> how do you know if the crit- criticism is legit and whether to follow it or not? Um, I'll, I'll tap in first for this one. Personally, I've just come to understand. Like I'm, I'm just a very open minded person, so usually if somebody, I'm just so stoked that you want to talk about the work that I will almost always listen to what you have to say. Uh, if it's within my means to, to give it a shot, then I'll probably give it a shot. And if I like it, then I might implement it. Um, but I think like it can, it can be a six-year-old or it can be uh, the ghost of like a great photographer telling me something like I'll still approach that the same way, you know, um, just with, with an openness and understanding like, Hey, if they care enough to, to chip in their two cents, then I should be open-minded enough to at least like look into it. So if time allows it, if, if it's something that isn't like cost prohibitive, then I'll give it a shot before I, before I dismiss it. Yeah. But I I think that ties back to what James said too, a lot about what, what kind of work are you making? You know, um, it depends on how personal it is, if that's even an option for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you, you can tell, you can tell through articulation. I think you can tell, when someone's being genuine, I think we all have the sort of basic human. Most of us have those basic communication skills. Um, and regardless of their role or position, if they are, you know, a young kid or an established professional, it's like, I think you can, you, you, you can tell when it's, when it's genuinely constructive and, and things are being articulated to critique to help you understand or to process what they're asking rather than just being like, Oh, I don't like this bit. You're like, okay, cool. That's great. That's not constructive criticism. That's just criticism. Right. So it's it's understanding that legit legitimate criticism is constructive. But then John, it also it also helps if they can delve into why they made the comment that they did, you know, versus yeah. just versus just stating I do or I don't like this, you know, because the same yeah. the same way that someone says this sucks, I'm also going to dismiss uh, a dope shot, you know, and, unless you can dive into a little bit more why you feel that way. Um, and give me a little bit more insight on that. Then it's just then it's just fluff, you know, good or bad fluff. Yeah. Do you guys feel as though the person that's making the critique needs to come from a similar background, or is it pretty much open to anybody that has a point of view? Like, for example, if someone that's a non-photographer makes a comment on your work, or a non-designer. Sometimes I like it better when they're a non-photographer designer because they're coming from more from a genuine 
you know, emotional place. And if they can see something in your work that they can relate to, not coming from any trained background or profession, that is more useful to me in ways because it's not learned. It's not learned, you know? So yeah. if it's like an average person, average person, quote unquote, is like, oh, this really speaks to me or something. I like the way you're doing this. And I think I like that they point things out that you don't see or like a trained person doesn't see. It's really useful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, um, as long as they're able to articulate what it is that they don't like or what, they, what it is that they do like, you know, I don't think any one person's opinion yeah. is be less valid than another person's, you know, just because, uh, you know, if you're a classically trained Italian chef, you know, they're, their opinion of Korean food is not any less valid than another person's they can articulate why. <laughs> I also think, um, I, th I think I might have mentioned this in the group chat. I know, I know I've said it a bunch of times before, but um, I think of, I think of like comedy and I think of Kevin Hart a lot. Um, and I think it, you have to kind of differentiate between your peers and your audience. Um, so there was an interview that came out a while back, uh, and a bunch of, a bunch of comedians said, Kevin Hart is not funny. We do not find him funny. He is not a comedian to us. But if you understand anything about Kevin Hart, you understand that he's one of the top selling comedians in the world. Like he's selling out shows, he's selling out all this and that. Um, and so I say that all that to say, uh, if you, depending on who you're trying to appease, like your peers, if, if you're a commercial, if you're coming from a commercial background, your peers aren't the ones that are going to pay your bills. Your peers aren't the ones, they may critique you, but they're not the ones who are going to support you and allow you to continue pursuing what it is that you care about. Yeah. Um, but does, and my, my question at the time was, does that not change the definition of what a professional is? If the audience deems you this or that, but your peers don't acknowledge you as this or that, then does that definition shift? Like, are you still a, a photographer, a comedian? If your peers don't validate you, but the audience accepts you and supports you. So I want to take um, an attendee question from Lars Erickson. I'm a UX designer. Most people do not know what this is. When I receive feedback on my work, it might not always seem relevant to the work. My question is, are there any techniques for learning to see feedback in a new way or to apply this feedback in a tangential way that makes it relevant? Mm. Um, I think that um, it's helping that conversation. I think if you're, say, you're a UX designer or a graphic designer or, or something that's not a photographer or, or whatever, and you're getting critique that's not, um, you know, from the same world, it's up to you to sort of help them articulate. If they're not understanding that, say, you're doing UX design, and they're like, well, why are the buttons so big? And you're kind of like, well, screen resolution <laughs> and it's it's up to you to help piece that out you know yeah. if it just stops dead and you you don't actually help that conversation go it's it's just as much on you as it is there essentially i think anyone ever else add to that no so i guess that, that's a good point as well is like how do you set yourself up to be open to critique in terms of like putting yourself in the, those positions especially if you're not you didn't come up from a traditional educational background and you're really just looking to improve your work. Because I have, uh, I have another question here from uh, Kai or G. Where do, you, where do you go to get constructive feedback about work and anything photo related? Because online forums, social media hasn't really provided all that much help for him. 
And is it really about reaching out to photographers that he admires and asking them to look at a project? Like, how do you guys like to be approached? Obviously, I'm sure some photographers look up to you guys and want to know what your opinion is. I think a cold email or message never hurts. If you really want someone to look at your work, I mean, I sometimes email people I like, or, you know, I've reached out and just asked their opinion. Like, you just have to find people you like, you respect their work, and you just ask. I think just ask. It never hurts to ask. I think a lot of people never ask because mostly because they're afraid to hear what people have to say. And if you're not afraid to hear it, then it'll make you open to having that dialogue with people. Yeah. And I think even in that, even in that process, you're already ahead of the curve because you're in going to people that you look up to, you already have um, essentially um, filtered the crowd. You're already in dialogue with someone who you respect, who you know, um, their work is of a certain quality. Their um, their creative field is exactly the same. Um, you've already kind of taken a few steps to get to a, a, a better point to understand the, the conversation. Um, and I think that's 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 a really good thing about emailing, just straight cold calling, and it can never hurt. Are there any questions that you feel would help move or anchor anchor the conversation? You know, like if, if someone reaches out to you, like, hey, I would. Uh, this question would immediately contextualize. The conversation because i think sometimes my the reason i ask that is like oh what do you think of my work is that just too broad of a request i think mm-hmm. i think it definitely helps to to sort of flatter them a bit like i'm not saying like stroke their ego or anything like that but just don't make it so cold that it seems like you just blasted it out to a bunch of people you know um make note of something that they've done that you appreciate or that you are actually genuinely curious about and maybe try to be a bit more thoughtful with the questions. Like if I'm reaching out to somebody, I, I typically like the first question that I type out, I usually end up deleting it because I think, Oh, if it's the first thing that I thought of, chances are it's the first thing that somebody else thought of and I can probably Google it, you know? So taking the time to ask. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I taking going on from that point, if, if I can, I think it's um, it's about like what you're saying is about actually opening dialogue up. It's not just shooting straight like a one one directional message out. It's about have you know starting a conversation. This you know critique is all about communication. And if you're you know just screaming into the ether, you're not going to get much back. It's about having that connection, having that line of communication. So it, again, like like Javel saying, it's um, important to have like a good line of communication and dialogue from the start, I think. Um, I'd also like to add that, um, uh, uh, to kind of Sean, Sean was saying earlier, he was saying, um, that, uh, I forgot what I was going to (laughs) say, but basically how uh, he, he likes, he likes when, um, when other people who are not photographers kind of critique his work. And I kind of do that as well. When I'm seeking critique, I, um, Sometimes I ask my mom, I literally ask my mom, like, Hey, yeah, what like, do you think of this how, photo? How do you feel? <laughs> yeah. Like, how, how, and then, you know, she'll like, she'll give it to me real. She'll be like, Hey, like, I don't get it. Why is <laughs> face like orange or why is there like dust all over your photo? Like it's a good, even though you're not reaching out to someone that maybe not, might not be like artistically inclined, it's still a good way to just put your thought out there and kind of like, it's almost like you're talking to yourself, but yeah. like, somebody else 
And um, it's also just good to hear that too, because I mean, I don't have like too many peers around me all the time that I can seek uh, help to. And also it's just like, like hard to, you know, DM Sean and he doesn't get back to me right away, you know? So it's like, <laughs> too busy. So, yeah, too busy. So it's like, so you kind of have to like, just ask people that maybe you respect that maybe they're not a photographer, but maybe they have a, a certain eye or um, some quality that you think yeah. that they would have some good input. Yeah. So yeah. This, this next question is from Hong L and he, he asked three questions, but I'm going to kind of uh, focus on the last one because I think it's interesting in that what is the what is your guys' process towards criticism in the sense and, and critique? So, for example, if you're going to critique your own photos, arguably that system is relevant across the board to like if someone comes to you. So for you personally, when you guys are uh, looking analytically at the photos you create, what are the things that you guys are thinking about? Hmm. Wait, when we're critiquing our own photos? Yeah, yeah. Like when you're looking like, if this is a photo I'm going to put up or I want to share, like what are the things that you're consciously, subconsciously going on in, going on in your mind to figure out if this is worthy? Because I think that whatever that process is, is applicable both to individuals, but also if someone comes to you asking for insight into their work. Are we speaking like, for the most part, strictly to social media or just like... It could be anything. I think it's up for you to, to, to determine what, what the eventual outlet is, but more so like that process. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. So when it comes to social media, my, my main critique is, was this a fun moment? And is this picture blurry? Those are like the only two things I ask myself. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. Like I had fun. This is a fun day. I'm going to share it. I don't, I don't, I don't really care if you like it that much. But if I'm putting something up on my website or if I'm putting together a portfolio, I ask myself, is this representative of the work that I am trying to, to gain? Yeah. Um, does, this, does this speak to the potential client that I'm trying to approach? Like, uh, I ask myself a bit more questions when I'm putting together a portfolio, but if it's, if it's strictly for social, I'm mostly just for shits and giggles, honestly. You're, you're in agreement there, Sean. Do you want to elaborate on that? Um, yeah, if you're doing a website, it, it really just depends what you're sharing it for. And I like to, and I think when people are asking for critique, I usually like to ask them, well, what is it for? Is it for your website? Are you trying to get work? Are you making a personal project? And you need that kind of scope to like really give something useful information. Like if you're making a big Hollywood film, I'll probably critique you in the sense like, oh, is it a good Hollywood film? But if you're making a little indie art film, I'll be like, okay, I'll look at it at a different way. Yeah. And I think that really depends whether it's client or audience base. It just depends what you're trying to do. Because even when you're making a portfolio, like an art director will be like, hey, do you have any shots of this type of portrait? You're still curating for that kind of work. And then it, it just depends. Yeah. I don't know if there's a right answer to that. And a lot of times with social media, I just do whatever I feel. I don't really think about it. Obviously, I'm not uploading selfies in my underwear, but... You know, it, it, it depends what kind of mood I'm, I'm feeling or curating or whatever. And a lot of it's sort of instinctual based. And you just, I just kind of go with what I feel. I don't know. So this is a, this is a question that I think that you touched upon a little bit there, Sean, is that in regards to the audience of the intended body of work, like, do you think that criticism looks different when it's like creative uh, work for 
a campaign or client, like client work versus artistic work. You know, like an artist creating something out of his own personal intentions versus somebody that's working for a client. Are those, are there any difference? Is there anything to consider there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But the goal is to have that fuse into one for a lot of people. For a lot of us, we want that to be one and the same, to be hired for how we see the world and what we're saying. But the reality is that's not always going to happen. And there's always some concessions you have to make when you're doing things for clients. Like there's, there's always a fine line. <clears throat> and a lot of that comes back to dialogue because clients would be like, oh, I want it like this, I want it like that. And you're, it's your job to filter that and offer... I don't want to say the word a solution, but offer a dialogue to regurgitate that and frame it so it fits both of what you want. And I think that's what critique is. And when you get to the working world, a lot of people are going to be very harsh of what their opinions are and what you're doing in work. Yeah. And and on the client side as well, I I completely agree on the client side as well. You have to understand that uh, in the creative industries that we work in now, there's a lot of people that are going to be critiquing just for the fact that they need to, you know, justify their paycheck or get their two cents in uh, in front of their boss or yeah. in a room full of other people, it's 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 not always. It goes back to what we were saying about filtering that critique out and making and understanding: a is this legitimate critique? B, what's the dialogue? Where's the context? Where it's come, where is it coming from? And then if it is that, you know, how do I approach the response? If is it is it legitimate critique? Then let's dive into it. If it's not, how do I in a client world, politely deflect or, um, <laughs> you know, um, it's not that you don't care, but it's like, I appreciate what you're saying, why you're saying it, but I understand that this is, you're just saying it to speak in a room in a board meeting. So it's, it's just understanding, you know, how to sort of diffuse, uh, uh, if it is that as well. So this next question I've, I've saved because I, I wanted to kind of properly address it. It came from a friend of ours, Cecilia D. And for her first question was like, why were there no women on this panel? And it's important for me to address that too, because I think that... I was going to ask too. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's a good question because the, the place where this original conversation came from in that WhatsApp group was not, not that it's only, only guys in there, but I think the, it was a byproduct of the fact that the people that had insights into it were you know you guys like i think everyone that's here is like people that felt very strongly about that process which i think maybe for us it was a bit out of convenience that we didn't look further and yeah. try to incorporate females i mean that honestly i can 100 admit that, that was a misstep on our part and we definitely should have included other voices into it um but it tips into to cecilia's question how does gender play a role in providing critique of creative work why is it that women experience patronizing and pitiful behavior when the critique comes from men? And how can we learn from women leaders on how they lead and critique constructively? Now, obviously, some of these are a little bit more challenging for this panel to discuss, but I also wanted to contextualize her, her response. It was, I was trying to figure out if the criticism part was more based around social media and anonymity, if it's unsolicited or participation requested. But my question stemmed from working in many many different creative environments where some folks are afraid to either tell me they dislike a piece of creative or they tiptoe around direct feedback as though women are going to cry or take it personal or that work from men is seen as better and therefore a woman's interpretation of a creative idea is dismissed 
just because of a differing process to arrive at a solution. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a really important one. And I, I suck my hand up to ask this one pretty early. Um, working with a lot of, um, women and women of color, it's, you can see, especially being from Australia and living in America, it's, you know, gender plays a huge part of the critique process, whether, whether you acknowledge it or not because of social structures around, um, traditional tropes of women being more sensitive um, men being more confident, um, men having the right answers and women not showing. And this, this goes back. This, this, this is the stuff that kind of still exists, especially with critique, because critique hasn't really been updated. So, you know, if you look, um, you know, it's a time capsule of sorts where, um, unfortunately, these sort of stereotypes still exist. I think that um, what, it, and it's a real shame that, that those, those, those still exist in a creative community, but I think what the plus side is that when you do um, have a female that um, is part of the conversation, you understand it comes from a place um, where it takes so much more to speak yeah. up, where, 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 it's, where it is, you know, maybe putting themselves in a position to be, you know, heckled or talked down. And so if anything, um, you know, once there is female um, participation, which is, which is the goal and should be equal, it's, it's actually harder for them to be involved. So they're actually doing more work and, and it, and it, and it, and it is, is more respectful for sure. Um, and I think that as like, as men, we can take what we can take from that is that um, we have it easy uh, in, in a creative industry that's been around for a long time. And, and, and that this, there is an imbalance. Um, so we should almost, you know, look at what it does take for a woman to be part of the creative industries that are traditionally male dominated and, and, you know, really respect that um, and really understand the, the imbalance and what it takes to sort of overcome that. Yeah. Uh, to add to what James said too, I think that you're absolutely right that when women, women of color, people of color, when anybody from a marginalized part of society has to fight tooth and nail to get to the same level that someone else might have to, I think on on us to acknowledge that we are in an easier position and to make ourselves allies for those who are trying to fight that fight. Absolutely. Is is there a need to kind of double down on on that idea? Like, does it mean as though it's almost a binary outcome where you need to like this? I mean, this is probably the the wrong way of looking at it, but it's like knowing how challenging it is for a certain subset of people. Do you almost need to double down on them? And what does it mean for the work of people that just by by virtue of their background, like they have no bearing on on their background, how they've come up. It just so happens they've been provided an opportunity. So like if, let's use this example of like Kendall Jenner or Brooklyn Beckham is taking, like do they have a different lens of critique in regards to photography? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it become I think it's it's from a place of privilege. It's from a place of access. And um, while you can't discount critique or the creative process, depending on um, you know privilege of birth or or, or whatever you might call it, um, it's just as important to understand that you know for some it is part of the conversation. It is part of the world they're in. They get the jobs because 
you know, in a certain circle or, or what it is, then it's, you know, social advantage, it's white privilege, it's, it's whatever you might call it. Um, but, um, and that sort of harks back to what I was saying earlier. It, it, you have to, I think it's about really understanding if somebody comes to you and, and understanding their perspective, if they are from a marginalized group or they are from a place that is not, um, you know, as readily accessible or in the mix of it, uh, it's up to you to sort of, um, you know, encourage that conversation more and respond in kind and, and to make, um, you know, to make them feel welcome in that, like, you know, that they are involved essentially. Yeah. I think. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw out this, this statement here and, and obviously you can feel free to like address it how you see fit, but like, what is the balance between somebody that doesn't have the same access or privilege and the work they create? Like, does that in itself have an artistic merit, even though it might not be the best work, but it's just the fact they're doing it, right? Like if you're somebody in, you know, um, a developing country that doesn't have the same access to equipment or tools, but you're just out there doing it, does that in theory make the work good on its own account? <laughs> I think it makes. Uh, no, sorry. I think it makes. Um, I think it makes the artists themselves like I think pretty special. But I think in terms of like their work, like you kind of have to look at it the same as everybody else. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to treat their work special just because they're like they come from. I mean, come from a developing country, and like, I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't make concessions, I suppose, straight yeah. off the bat. But, um, you know, I think it's, it, it, it is, you have to understand, you know, um, how much effort it takes. And I think that's something to, like, really respect um, when they get, you know, uh, if you are in an area or, or you're not, you know, in a, in a creative world, you're not born in New York and you're, uncle's a director and you go to Parsons or, or whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> I, 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 no, those contrast to maybe like, you know, being born in, in, in Iraq and Iraq and like finding a second-hand camera and then trying to create work. It's, it, it is interesting and it is respectful to sort of, you know, work with a lot of more challenges than, than, um, you know, privileges. Yeah. It's a lot yeah. more respect given, at least in my opinion, to, because you have to grind harder, you have to make, you have to work harder. By the end of the day, the work does speak for itself. At the end of the day, like yeah. I don't, if I, I don't really need to know backgrounds. If I'm just looking at work, of course, if I want to deep dive, I want to read up and know, and that does make me respect the work more. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's just the work. The work speaks. Yeah. All right. So then, a question to you, Sean. Oh, sorry. Good, Javel. Uh, yeah, one last bit I was going to say, I think a lot of it too, back to what I said earlier is just intent. Like if you're somebody coming from an impoverished place and you are trying to do, like if you are documenting your surroundings and documenting like your life, then yeah, you're providing perspective that we don't have access to and you are reporting from, from your corner of the earth. But uh, if you are just like, if you're trying to take pictures of something else, or if you're trying to do something else and you're saying, oh, like, oh I, I can't do this because I don't have this, then yeah, you, you just got to grind it out. I think a lot of it is like intent and depends on what you're doing too. Yeah. Um, I have a question here from Ryan Strzok. 
So do you guys go in with, like his question is, sometimes you have an idea and might expect a particular response. How do you, how do you feel when someone critiques your work with a difference of opinion than your own? And this kind of some stuff we talked about prior, but I wanted to root this back to uh, something that you shared a few months ago or a few weeks ago, Sean, where that, that photographer was basically questioning your work because you were shooting in raw or JPEG, or whatever. <laughs> like maybe you can provide a little context as to that scenario. And like, how do you look at someone's insight there? I think it depends on, Oh man. Cause basically he was, he was saying that you, as a photographer, you should not be shooting in raw. Yeah. He was saying like, Oh, you don't know photography if, you need to shoot only in JPEG or if you shoot in raw, you don't know how to do ph photography, which I've, I think this just kind of depends on, Hmm. How do you even say this? Like, is there a silver lining there? It's trying to, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I think I, I did end up looking at his work and I just was like, okay, in my opinion, your, your opinion doesn't warrant a, a second, thought for me, like a real serious thought, because I know what you're doing doesn't align to what I, I'd like or admire. And I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how to say this. Yeah. But yeah, I sometimes some critique is just like, what? It's so off base that I think you should just discount it. Yeah. It sounds like an attack yeah. like that. There's no real logic to it. Like, oh, you're, you're using this camera instead of that camera. That makes you a bad photographer. Like, that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really mean anything. It's not saying anything. Yeah, yeah it's essentially creative self-preservation, I think. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is another question that I had. How do you encourage diversity in, in the voices providing critique? Like, what is the balance between the platforms to provide critique and the diversity of the voices? Because right now, like if we've all if we're in agreement that social media is not the place to to foster critique, does it really just happen in email, which is a very private, intimate, like one to one thing, or is there ways that you think people can find a greater, more expansive landscape to have people look at their work? Like, what have you guys found experience to be helpful, if any? Face to face, face to face, face to face, over beers coffee, whatever, like actual having a dialogue because you can't really type all this stuff out and have a true dialogue. You have to, it's kind of like this where we're feeling it out. We're talking about it as we're going along, trying to weave in and out. And I think you need that really is just a face-to-face -face thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think it's constant. I think it's, it's a matter of at every chance given allowing that conversation to happen or talking to everyone. So you're sort of like, you know, you'll, talk to a few people, say you talk to 10 people and a few people give you back constructive criticism that might not be what you want to hear, but it is something that's going to help you work. Then you keep going back to those two people, then they're going to introduce you to two more people. Exactly. Um, like with the group that we talk about on the film chat is like, mm. I've kind of, I got introduced late, but I already walked in understanding that if I throw up work there, people are probably not, they might not like it, but you know, I understand the, the arena already. And that's, it's just a process. I think you just, you keep sort of working on it, working on it. And, and over time, it's not something that you can walk into a room and be like, everyone here is going to understand why I'm here and yeah. have great dialogue. And, you know, it's a, it's a process of sorts. And, um, and yeah, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. Do you, so if, if you don't have access to photographers around you, what is, what is the, the, the next sort of step down from that? So mm. what I would say, um, 
I don't I don't know if I'm wholeheartedly in agreement that social media is like an impossible place to yes. find it. One of the one of the benefits of it is that social media has shrunk the world and it's given us means of access to people who we might not otherwise have been able to get a hold of. Like I love Twitter for the fact that I can tweet anybody I want to. Sure, they might not get back to me, but my chances have gone up way more than before it existed, you know? Um, and I think persistence and not letting, not letting non-responses get you down. Uh, if you don't have anybody in your immediate circle or in your immediate peer group that you can turn to, I think that just uh, being steadfast and still trying to reach out to these people um, and try to not cross that line of like being a pain in their ass. Uh, social, media, <laughs> social media is great. And kind of shrinking the world and letting you get a hold of people. Um, if, you, if you don't have anybody, I mean, to, I'm, I'm going to get anecdotal for just like a brief moment, but uh, Young and I, we we were doing photo stuff in, in our community, like before it was cool or fun. Like we were just nerds, you know, we've, we've always been nerds. Um, <laughs> uh, we, so in, in Anchorage, Anchorage is like the biggest small town you can ever find yourself in. Um, but it gets to a point and this, this happens to a lot of people who find a talent for something. You get to a point where you become talented and you start to get pushed out by the community because there, there's not a lot of like resources here. And so a lot of people say, Oh, you're talented at blank. You should move to LA where it can be appreciated. You should move to New York. You should move to Seattle. You should move to anywhere. But what we found is that you, when you're, when community business, we have those tools, you have two options. You can either pack up and go somewhere else where those tools are available or you can stay and build the foundation. So if you don't feel like there's many resources available for you in your community, start to lay those bricks down and become a hub, like find the other people with your similar interests. It's going to be a tough battle. It's the harder route for sure. Um, but build that infrastructure and share it online because that's what draws attention. And that's what lets other people know you're doing it. And before you know, uh, not only have you found your community, but you have become like at the center of it. Hmm. You guys mentioned at the very beginning that you guys are working like kind of in a gallery space right now. Have you guys seen critique through a different lens now that you guys are on the curatorial side of actually needing to think even more profoundly, not just like, Hey, this is a friend asking for a critique, but this is like a professional body of work that I need to actually review. I think so. Um, I think if anything, it might have, because I've already been like the jerk of the group for the most part. Like a lot of stuff that comes through gets filtered to my email and then I'll give it an initial pass through or I'll take it to the guys and say, Hey, let's, let's sit down and look at this. Um, but I think that what I've noticed it do for our immediate community is it's kind of like elevated the quality of the stuff that comes through our inbox or the pitches that people send to us because they know like, Hey, he's, he's not just going to take it just because it's pretty or it's good. Like, he wants to see intent. He wants to see our message. And at the end of the day, uh, we don't really, the work doesn't have, the work itself doesn't have to be the strongest. What we care about is the message and the intent. If that is clear, if you're able to, to get that across, then we want to give you a space to show the work, you know, to help get that message out there. So I think in the process, it's definitely made me a bit more understanding of the difference between liking something or something being good yeah. because there's tons of, there's tons of stuff that I think is good work, but it's not my personal taste. And there's, there's tons of stuff that I love that I will acknowledge as shit. Like I love, <laughs> shitty, and I love shitty food, but they're still shitty things. You know, I just like them. I think that there's a big difference between that. And that's what I've learned. Right. Yeah, right. 
We only have a few more minutes left here, but I'm curious. I'm curious for you guys. How do you guys improve upon upon that critical thought and analysis bit? How do you continually train yourself to look at work more profoundly, to have a different point of view from your own when it's yourself? Like, how do you kind of be a little bit more holistic in how you address things? I think it's an active process. I think it's about um, having a dialogue within yourself. So it's like going to art galleries and really trying to like, you know, look at work, look at other people's work, think about what it is that you would say about it. Um, you know, figure out if, you know, say it's you go to a gallery and it's a bunch of work that you might not quite like, or, you know, maybe you don't, you know, run up to the artist straight away and say, Hey, I don't like your work. Uh, <laughs> it's a matter of maybe saying, okay, well, I'm going to start an internal dialogue and I'm going to say like, well, what is it about this that I don't quite like? And then it's understanding within yourself, um, how you feel about certain things. Um, obviously it's a really, it's an ongoing process. It's even through an academic background, constructive criticism is not always at the forefront. Um, yeah. So it's, it's really, it comes from a place of humility just as much as, um, you know, communication as well. Understanding that if you're going to give out the critique, you may, you know, you're going to get it back one day, but, um, I think that that helps and it all feeds into each other. It's, it's ongoing. It's, it's a learning process. It's, it's about surrounding yourself with people that will give you a constructive criticism, not just the, the, the hard, you know, and I hate it or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Anybody have anything else to add to that? Mm. Mm. I agree. If I could offer my two cents to that, uh, the one thing that I, I feel is, impactful and I think I'm just trying to trying to consolidate your guys' thoughts and and what you've mentioned over the course of the last hour or so is that you know knowing who you're speaking to and how you want to best communicate with them. Oh, oh what's that? Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Rose. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hello. Back. There he is. We're back. There we um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, can you, uh, let me rephrase that then. I guess to that point, it's like, how do you look at the, I guess, consulting all the things that you guys have mentioned over the course of the last hour or so? It's like, hey, knowing your audience and what resonates with them, how to best speak to them. And then I guess, understanding your emotions, if that makes sense. It's like, hey, if you like something or don't like something, like how can you articulate the reason behind that? Mm -hmm. that? That seems to be like a kind of good takeaway from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I think it starts with yourself. It starts with not coming at criticism as in, hey, I want to be good at telling people what I think about their work. It starts with what do I think about my work and how am I going to respond and how am I going to articulate and express, you know, what, what I'm doing? Um, that's the opener. That's the lead in to allowing other people to, to have that conversation with you, I think as well. Yeah. Well, that's all I got from my end. Anyone else, anyone have anything else to add? Um, 
I guess if anyone's reading, if anyone's in here, um, the participants still around. Um, I, 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 when I was younger, I, I was a kid in Australia and I did reach out to some people when the internet was kind of, it was before Instagram, but the internet was kind of popping off. And I got a couple of really great responses back from people and peers that, or not even peers, like, you know, creatives that I really respected. And the few that I got back in the range that I sent really helped. So if anybody wants to email us or um, if there's anything that I could say is a takeaway for people that are like, okay, well, how do I do this? It's like, just ask, just ask people that you respect and, and, and and send those emails, DM, but like Javel said, DM with a purpose, Um, make it a, you know, two way communication thing. Um, And, and, and be open to the response, you know, be open to being torn apart. I mean, I've been freelancing for 10 years and I think last year I had one of the most soul destroying meetings I've ever had in my life. But if you approach it the right way, um, knowing that you're, uh, how would you say, um, that you still have work to go and the reason why you, you're asking is to get feedback, um, you're already in a mindset of taking that feedback in a really positive way and being able to use it to, to move forward and, and to use it constructively. Well, that's my, that's my end. Yeah, I'll leave it at that then. Thanks for joining us today or tonight, wherever you guys are at around the world. Keep an eye out for future making sessions. We'd love to hear your feedback or if you have any more questions you didn't get to ask. Uh, we'll definitely try to pass them along to the panelists. You can email us at stories at making.com or DM us on Instagram. Say cheese, guys. Cheese. <laughs> and... I mean, our goal at Making has always been to discuss, challenge, and learn about the big ideas shaping our culture. So, like I said, feel free to head over to making.com, sign up to our newsletter, and read more stories, listen to stories. Huge thanks to Sean, Javel, James, Young, and Donnell for taking the time to speak to us today. You can follow them at the following places. Uh, actually, it might be just easier if they search you, right? Like, I can I can read this out with I'll just do one last Google it. (laughs) Yeah. I'll just paste this in the comment section. Thanks guys. Nice to finally see some of your faces that I've never met in person. Yeah. Yeah. True. It's, it's all meeting you. Finally. I feel like I've met your girlfriend. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's what everybody says about her when they meet her. Like, I feel like I know you. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, "Uh." (laughs) and and finally big shout out to uh, James for not sleeping and, powering through this so you can go to sleep I'm going to bed yeah Yeah. amazing alright thanks guys guys. alright bye guys see ya